The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Twink Nation's Combo Chronicles. I feel like we need to be singing Beatles songs or something. I know, right? That still takes some getting used to. And <laughs> I am your DJ for the affair, the man without flair, the man who devils the dare. I don't know, whatever. Righty cat. And with me tonight, we have the whole crew, the whole horsemen, horsemen of the comic Compliments is here in the house for their allotted times. And with us, we have tonight, the one, the only, the, oh, I forgot what I said I was going to do for him. But anyway, the, he is the Tim that we all know and love. He is, this is Tim's, Tim Land. We're just living in it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> one, Mr. Tim, D-O-double-G, nine eight. Good to be back this week. <laughs> Good to have you back. Good to have you back. And also, he is the ravishing Rick Rubin of the crew. He is the bearded wonder. <laughs> I say my beard's not that big. I mean, I've got one, but it's not. It's not like Duck Dynasty size just, anymore. Just work with it. Work with it. Right? All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, PC and unscrewed dirt. All right, Rick Rubin. I gotta hold the earphone and. <laughs> Please, okay, nice. please, but no more pause. That sounds like no you just need a wrestling entrance on that one. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, he is the level seven, going to be level 13 agent, right, as as we now know, who is kind of um, phasing in and out of existence, as we would say. He is the sound wave to everyone's mechadron. He is agent underscore 70. That was him saying, what's up, everybody? And tonight, we have our usual fare of comic books and news and all kind of goody stuff for you tonight. So we're going to get into it right now with we did not um, we did not do this before the show like we normally do, but we're going to start <laughs> off with a book. And uh, anybody want, they want to throw out? Because it was uh, pretty much a light week this week, and there was nothing really that stand out for us. But nevertheless... We have some goodies for you. I have one that I didn't read, but okay. PC and Dirt read it that I want to hear about. Oh, I, think, well. I think it was on your list. Let me make sure. No, it was on Roddy's Cats, actually. Oh, okay, what's your... Deathstroke 19. Oh, yes. Lazarus uh, Contract. Yes, yes. Part 3 of Lazarus Contract, um, a.k.a. Speedstroke. Because in this, we actually get to find out... And I think I spelled that wrong. I did spell that wrong. But whatever. Uh, we get to find out the the Lazarus contract is explained pretty much, um, and uh, we also find out that well no we didn't find out because as of last issue, like Destro gets a hold of the Speed Force some kind of way because it seems to be easy to, to do because of some technology that he's had people workshopping um, while he's getting berated by Damien because because of trusting him and just and others and um, excuse me 
Kid Flash Wally, because you have to make that distinction in this, because there are two Wally West uh, floating about. Uh, so Kid Flash Wally West gets berated because, because of help and Deathstroke. Uh, the other Wally West, which I don't think he's chosen another name, but um, confronted Deathstroke, but then ran away when, when Deathstroke seemed to threatened him. And and during the contract uh, explanation, we get to find out what exactly happened and when, because it kind of goes back to after um, Deathstroke's son died, as, we've, as we said the last time we talked about it, which seemed like, what was that, two weeks ago? It felt like it was last week. It's been every, the past two weeks, uh, issues come yeah. out. So Well, yes, right, because last one was uh, Teen Titans, and we talked about that uh, last week, I think. That's probably why. Um, and Titans Annual comes out, I think, next week. <laughs> And as a matter of fact, and we were apparently was right because next week when it comes out, uh, that is the last of this event, mini event, uh, according to um, the last page. But it's an annual, so it'll go, you know, go longer. Because I was thinking it was going to go back to um, Titans, but apparently not. So, but yeah, like I said, um, Deathstroke has the speed force. He goes off and does his thing, does some flashbacks to issue one of this volume of Deathstroke. Um, Jericho, who I know nothing about, shows up. So when he and Flash, uh, Wally West Flash, started talking, or Wally started talking, because apparently Jericho can't talk. It's like I was thinking it was like Blackboard or something. So one of y'all can enlighten me on what that all about. And um, apparently Deathstroke goes back into the past at the, at the, at the last uh, page, and that leaves off until we get to the annual next week, or whenever that happens. I mean, it was a pretty good read. Like I said, there was like, oh yeah, and, they, and Dick and Damien kind of make up because apparently, because it's because of Dick that this contract uh, came into effect because he made a deal with Deathstroke like a long time ago, and the Titans didn't know anything about it, and people were upset and bloody bloody. But like I said, it was a good read, but there wasn't really anything. Subs- uh, it was good to know what the contract was about and that kind of stuff. But outside of that, we don't really get that much, you know, outside of some, um, a couple of pages out of uh, out of an old issue and going from there about uh, his son, so it was cool. Nobody else read this, huh? You're muted, Tim. You're muted. I said I have kept up with the previous two parts, but I just haven't gotten to this. Uh, this week, I'll probably end up reading it over the weekend. Gotcha. I'm glad it will be just completed in, what, four weeks? So when does, uh, yeah. Wait, when does the annual come out? It's like a couple of weeks, isn't it? Wednesday. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's a pretty quick one. Which I said last week when we were talking about uh, Titans, I was like, that seemed like that would be, like if it was only going to be three issues, that was going to be pretty quick and seemed like, you know, I don't know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I know you can do uh, an event like that and heck, they used to do it uh, more frequently, you know, the, like these little arcs like this, but it seemed like it was going to be lacking something. But since, like I said, the next issue is an annual, then that's going to make up for what else is probably Yeah, so the, the, the finale will at least be uh, some extra pages padded on. Mm-hmm. And ho- and it should leave at least Deathstroke change because in his at least his ongoing series he'll form his own Team Titans. Right, we know what he's going to end up doing after this, and it looks like I if I were to guess the seeds of that, or maybe it's just knowing that that's coming, the seeds of that are starting to get sown in this issue. But I don't. I guess yeah, that's the whole point of him wanting to speed force was to at least from uh, Team Titans last week was he wanted to revive his one of his sons. Right, and that's still in effect. So. But he also said he was going to give up Deathstroke after that happened. But yeah, maybe it's a new name. Yeah, Life Stroke. I don't know. It'd be like <laughs> Speed Stroke. Yeah, he called himself uh, the Pooling Dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was a courtesy laugh. It was a bad joke. I know. I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. They can't all be gems. 
But yeah, so that was uh, Deathstroke number 19. So what we got going on next? Let's see. Let's well, see. Since we're on DC, Tim, you want to talk about uh, JLA? I can, and I will. Okay. <laughs> so I'm behind a couple, like two or three issues, but uh, when I saw the preview pages and Jamal Campbell's art looked so nice, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and read this. And you can pretty much pick it up and just follow the story. They, there's a couple of references to, I guess, whatever storyline just completed. But the main story focuses on the Adam, Ryan, Ryan Troy, and Killer Frost going to the Museum of Unnatural History because there's a figure like this, like this child frozen in ice that Ryan and Killer Frost want to sort of examine because they're hoping that in his like DNA, there's some cure that can help Killer Frost from not having to drain life force from people. Uh, and they're really just examining from uh, visually, not doing any like actual science experiment on the body because it's still in the museum. And they're allowed in because they're Justice League. Uh, it doesn't look like the this uh, prehistoric cre- uh, person has anything that can help Killer Frost, which frustrates the Atom. But yet she tries to encourage him and say, you know, not to give up. And she's not depressed, you know, mad or sad about not finding a cure. She's just going to keep keep looking. So it, it kind of furthers the romantic plot that DC and Steve Orlando have been sent up between the two. And there's this creature, Terror Strike, I think his name is, something like that. I don't know if he's this is a new character or someone from the DC catalog of villains appears, made, made some references to, I think he's like was a character or a person that like had cancer and got like cured, but it ter- ended up like warping his mind and whatnot. But it, uh, he makes references to almost like being a pawn for someone else. So I don't know what that exactly is setting up, but uh, it's not, it's a good standalone issue. And I think coming up, they're going to start actually examining and go into the, uh, where the DC universe rebirth number one left off, where they're going to go searching for the original Adam Ray Palmer in the microverse. And I think that storyline is actually called crisis in the microverse to so their using the crisis name. Not having a crisis. Yeah. So that'll be cool, and I think Ivan Rice is returning for that story. So, and where he's where he's been? <laughs> That's Justice League of America number seven. All righty, let's see what else we got. Do you want to hit uh, Action Comics? I can. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for people that follow the uh, docs that we do for Comic Book Chronicles, we do show notes, and we always when we type the title of the book we're going to talk about, we put a little. Uh, you know, blurb next to it. Sometimes just to remind us when we're going through the show what it is we want to talk about. And uh, the main takeaway from this current storyline, the Superman Revenge Squad, is that this is the group of boring McBorings. Uh, this storyline is just—it's so flat. Um, It's—it should be so much more. It's—it's it's a group of uh, Superman villains who are coming together to destroy Superman once and for all. But it's so. Oh, I don't know. It's it's like it 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 feels like it keeps building to nothing, and it's not that the build grows and grows and grows. It's like it dies at the end of each issue and then starts over uh, with the next issue. So you got Cyborg Superman, you've got the Eradicator, you've got Blank, uh, who's a guy who's trying to like destroy all life in the universe. Um, you've got Mongul who ran War World. Uh, you've got Metallo, and now they're trying to get Zod and have Zod join the team. And it sounds like a bunch of heavy hitters. Like this should be a big deal. But so far, it's been a whole lot of 
like, oh, we flew around and we broke a bunch of stuff and we got this guy out and then they fly away and then Superman shows up. Ah, they were just here and I missed them. And then they go somewhere else and they blow a bunch of stuff up and they break someone out and then they fly away and Superman shows up. Ah, they were just here and I missed them. And now um, in this particular issue, they're going to Belle Reve to try to get Zod out. And uh, there's some sort of like magical shell that's put over the prison. And uh, as the bad guys are passing through it, their nightmares are coming to life and Superman's right behind them. So he flies in, his nightmares are coming to life and they break through and he's stuck in there. And that was the end of the issue. So it's like, again, it, it like, like it's building, it's building. And then it just ends and moves on to the next issue before anything big really happens. So I'm, I'm hoping that as this, you know, works up to some sort of actual confrontation. It turns out to be pretty cool. Uh, but the last couple issues, this issue included, have just been, you're just waiting for something good to happen, something cool to happen. And it just, it hasn't happened. It's not coming. Um, you, and it's, and, and the funny thing is like the, the covers to this book, we've got uh, this one here with, uh, you can see Zod. Uh, he's got the rest of the uh, the crew broken down there and, uh uh, Suicide Squad beaten all around him, and you've got Cyborg Superman and Eradicator moving in, and then the uh, alternate one here, where you've got Harley Quinn beating on Cyborg Superman. Nothing close to either of these covers actually happens in the book. Um, <laughs> it's just all set up that they're getting into the prison, but nothing actually happens with uh, with any of these people. So, uh, uh, like I said, I hope it's going to get somewhere. When the story eventually uh, resolves, but uh, for now, this is just not this is not must read Superman books. So my question is this: outside of a comics reason, though, how is it that Superman's not getting there? Like just missing him when he's supposed to be that fast? Um, we well, can't be that fast. No, well, like the the, the robot. Yeah, the robot I mean, that was know, but... in charge of the secret lair, um, the Eradicator was able to like trick him in order to break his way in. And then once they got to the robot, they rewired him or whatever. So he didn't send out the alarm till after they left. And then, okay. uh, then he had to fly back and make sure that Lois and Jonathan were going to be safe and that they weren't actually attacking them, that they were off doing something else. Um, so it, it's, I mean, they have excuses for it. It's not like, it's not like he's bulleting there and they're bulleting away before he arrives. It's just that, uh, that, I don't want to say necessarily that they're toying with him because that seems to be too clever for this particular group. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, there's always been something else going on and he, he trails behind him. And one of the things they bring up is that, you know, his, his love of earth and his love of the people on it will be his eventual downfall. And that is kind of the reason why he was late, um, you know, getting to some of this stuff. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, well, it's called action comics and they haven't punched each other. You know, it's like, come on, let's get there. Yeah. You know, Okay, no, no, no reason why I brought that up is because I sometimes that just bothers me. It's like, wait, this unless they sometimes they'll just blow it off like, ah, he just didn't get it here in time. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, this character's kind of fast enough to do that, or some kind of way this, this character could be there, you know, it, it, if not to thwart it, then to just show up when they're leaving or something like that. But right. but it's nice that they worked that into the story as to as to uh, why he wasn't there when it happened. Okay, yeah. cool. I will say I had made a rush to catch up on Superman during the Superman Reborn. And since that's concluded, I've like fallen back off of the Superman books again. Yeah. Well, and the other weird thing is that this particular book, they've left Hamilton County and they've moved back to Metropolis into an apartment. Whereas in Superman and super sons, they're still in Hamilton County living on the farm. 
And there's stuff going on all around the farm and crazy stuff going on in the city. And this book doesn't mention any of that stuff at all. So like this story was obviously put together before the events from those stories were completely worked out and they had no idea what to tell each other was going on in these books in order to cross them over. So all you know is that this happens sometime after the current storyline that's happening in Superman and Super Sons, but not because there's any real storyline clues, just because they left the farmhouse. They don't live there anymore, but they still do in the other two books. But, uh, but yeah, it just hasn't really worked out as well as they probably should have. Sounds intriguing. Like as you know, a band of Superman's greatest villains teaming up to stop him. <laughs> Although, but I, I keep, I keep looking at this cover and it's like, this is the most gratuitous butt shot of Zod I've ever seen. Like, this is just from a distance, from a distance, it just looks like Superman in a different outfit. Well, but he's got the Z on his cape. See, that's how, you know, can you see the Z? Well, it's it's kind of flapping in the the oh, breeze, butt. but look at that butt. I keep thinking of that line from PCU. Oh, the naked guy showed up. Nice butt. I think I'm <laughs> the only person that I know that I've actually watched PCU. <laughs> Man, I've seen PCU probably three dozen times in my life. So <laughs> nice. All in fact, right. I'd rather watch PCU than read uh, comics this week. But we have uh, well, that better week. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, All right. Well, so uh, let's keep this boat, uh, boat afloating here. Um, anybody else got something you want to bring up? I know we got a whole host of stuff from Agent 7 that we can get to since um, I, I'm assuming we have exhausted the DC stuff. Yeah, we can maybe even save Agent 70s for the rapid fire since he'll just be reading his notes. For sure. And I got a couple of thoughts on, on at least one of them, but that's cool. And yeah, there was something said about the action stuff about. Um, I get into the action that reminded me of a tweet I did this morning, but that's that's another rant for another time. Um, so let us get to infamous Iron Man. How about that? Oh, I can talk about that. I have no idea what's going on in this book. Well, I had to read the issue before this to get caught up, so I did. But as far as this issue, actually, I guess I can talk about the previous issue, which was number what seven. Seven. seven first yeah, this, this is eight so okay so eight so seven had at least the parts i remember right now had uh had victor von doom uh sneak into the thing's apartment to have a conversation with him when he got home from working at shield so they have a conversation basically how like you know he's changed he I, he knows ben doesn't believe him but he really is trying to turn a new leaf. Oh, I remember what happened. So Bendis, of course, got to play with one of his favorite villains, the hood again, because you can't have a Bendis book without the hood, which of course now makes me believe that the hood will probably play some kind of factor in defenders whenever it starts or actually starts next month. But so a bunch of villains have like a powwow where they get together to talk about how Victor's changed and how he's coming to hunt all of them and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. Hood and Jigsaw get into like a verbal altercation uh, the hood basically is trying to like take leadership of the group saying how like they need to take doom out before he, you know, take him out before he takes them out. It'll help their, their rep, the same hood stuff you've heard before. Of course, doom busts into the meeting, takes everyone out, but leaves. Um, who's the crowbar? Who's the crowbar guy from the, the wrecking crew? Whatever his name is wrecker or something. No, I, yeah. I don't know. I was just going to say it was the dude from the yeah. wrecking crew, but you asked yeah, him from the wrecking crew. So the dude from the wrecking crew like runs to shield and asks for uh, forgiveness 
he thinks Doom killed everyone, but he didn't. He just injured everyone and allowed that guy to get away unharmed so he could go tell his tale. So that happened at the beginning of the issue. It ends with the Ben Grimm Victor conf- you know, meeting. Victor ends up leaving through the um through the elevator. He's in his armor, but he leaves through the elevator, which surprises Ben. Ben goes back to his apartment and the issue ends. He walks in and Reed Richards is in his apartment. But of course we know it's the ultimate Reed Richards, the maker. Okay. So issue eight issue eight begins not with that that we do get to it but it starts with the invincible iron man iron heart riri williams flying to latveria to find uh victor and basically her idea or her plan is to convince victor not to sully the iron man name more or less she gets there she gets to his uh, dr doom's old castle looks around for him doesn't think he's there but actually he is there so then jump back to i guess new york uh, Reed is telling some story of himself, Ben, and Johnny, basically trying to tell the story like, yes, it's really me. I I have these memories to prove it. I don't know if he's actually telling a story from like Ultimate Universe or is he. This is like an actual story that took place in the six one six, but he looks like he's trying to pass himself off as Reed to Ben, and he ends the conversation by saying, Ben needs to kill Doom. It's you know it's for the good it's for the good of the world yada yada yada, but the more interesting conversation is taking place in Latveria between Riri and Victor. Uh, she's kind of starstruck that she's actually having this conversation with Doctor Doom. He's explaining how he turned over a new leaf, which goes into sort of this scientific scientific thing of like a spirit. They say spirit, a spirit animal like came to him and showed him like a glimpse of the future. And that like showed him that he needed to change his ways and redeem himself for all the bad he's done in his life or something or another. I can't tell if he was there, if this is like trying to set up some like future Marvel crossover event in like two years, or if it's like referencing like Secret Wars somehow. But anyway, he wants Ironheart to attack him because when he had this vision, it it was un- it came at a point when he was like under st- tremendous stress. Create that type of scenario by having Ironheart attack him, which she finally does. And uh, at the end, like last couple pages, he actually, I guess, goes back to this place. Uh, and then he at the he looks up in the sky and there's this like figure hovering over him, talking to him and saying like, you know, I've been searching for you for so many years. Yeah, uh, a couple of other lines. The final page reveals that it's Tony Stark from the future who looks like he's the... Spoiler bell, spoiler bell, spoiler bell, spoiler bell, spoiler bell, spoiler bell. Who looks like he's the Sorcerer Supreme, I guess. So I was like, what? No, because, well, never mind. Because I was about to say, because there was that, uh, the when he was still, quote unquote, alive, he did have the goatee that he was kind of looking like Doctor Strange, the, the, the awesome hair, facial hair, bro. So I guess they kept. So, so yeah, I have no yeah. idea what, I don't have no idea what he's leading to with this, but it's, it looks like one of those things where they're trying to set something up. Well, my thought was it's got something to do with the fact that he's in the, the coma that they can't quite explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this shows where his consciousness really is, that it's not in his body. It's out in this mystical plane. Um, it's on the astral plane. Right. He's not, will... So it's not the AI that, that Rui's using. No. No, like this is this would be the actual. Yeah, that's just it's like an AI version of his personality. Because hmm. for some strange reason, I had, a, I had a thought that it was like, okay, it, while he, it is him in AI form, 
but it's his consciousness kind of being transmitted from whatever that pod is they got him in or something. No, I took it like the, the AI is is like they mapped his brain before sure. he left, and so it's able to go on without him. But it's just a computer simulation of what he would be like. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like Clue isn't really Kevin Flynn, right? Even though he looks like him and talks like him, but he's not the real Kevin Flynn. He's just a program doppelganger, see? You got to go back to that Tron reference here and make everything work. You know what? I, I will not um, I will allow Woo-hoo! any Tron references on this podcast. <laughs> I like your notes for the, this issue, by the way, Doug. What did I put as my notes? Huh? I don't even oh, yeah. What did it say? Uh, it says, once again, this is the Fantastic Four book we get okay. while there's no real FF book. And once again, it's good. It's got good concepts, but it takes forever to get there. Yep. Yeah, that's another, like when he was having the conversation with Riri. And uh, like, I, I just started like skimming through a lot of it because it's like, okay, all right, let's get somewhere. Let's do something. Like, you know, a lot of the conversation that the two of them are having could be like one page. You could just do one page and instead spread out over several pages like Bendis always likes to do. He's got to pad it because he's writing 16 books at once and he can't write enough in order to fill everything up. So, yeah. so, I mean, I like, I really like the concepts of this book. I just think for anybody out there that's, that wants to follow it, you're probably better off buying the trades than waiting for the monthly fix because you get so little. Uh, every month that, that when you sit down for the trade, there's probably enough there to get you excited and get you through it. Um, mm-hmm. That, that these monthly issues just, you know, like I'm, I'm so jaded to them after a while. It's like, every time I see one come out, it's like, Oh, this is going to be so great for the three and a half minutes. It takes me to read it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of slightly answers a question I had. And that was, is it worth catching up with this book? But I think you may have just answered that. Yeah. I would just wait for the trade. Cause the other thing is it, it doesn't feel like it, really impacts anything else going on in the Marvel universe. So it's it's one of those books where you could probably read it, maybe even wait till it hits unlimited if you've got unlimited. Um because it's it's worth checking out eventually. Um but I don't think it's worth the monthly premium to to keep up with it. I kind of feel like this book would have been way better an idea if Superior Spider Man had not happened. Or not necessarily a way better idea, but way better taken to I guess. But we got infant. Was it the? You said Superior Iron Man or Spider Man? Spider Man. This is almost like that Superior Iron Man book, but better, I guess. Or that, yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know. So, and the only other thing I was going to ask was, does Reed Richards at the or the quote unquote Reed Richards say anything about? Do you remember when we used to kick it old school? That does not come up. No. Father. Should it? <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, we're going to keep it pushing. Um, thank you for that. Um, let's go to, actually, and since it's highlighted here, and I was thinking about it, also, Black Panther number 14. Uh, and I will read uh, Agent 70's note on this. Um, and he says, interesting second villain, uh, second villain, second issue to the latest story using Priest and Huddling character from prior Black Panther runs. Honestly, think Coates needs steady action in the story. I don't agree with that, but that's just me. Uh, bringing in Dr. Fox to work with Obadiah Stane is timely considering his reemergence in Secret Empire, and I do agree with that because who? No one was thinking about. Well, I'll take it back because he's been he'd been he had shown up in like Captain America or in Sam Wilson, so that is kind of interesting that they had him in here for that. Um, but yeah, the the story is basically 
it's kind of a twofold story because like you see T'Challa talking to Orphan Ridge, which is the character um, I, I'm assuming Agent Seven is alluding to, because right? I didn't remember that character so much because I don't remember that much of the Hutton Run anyway. Uh, they talk and then T'Challa goes off to have counsel with his ancestors and they talk about the stuff because because the gods haven't been answering the answering their calls, you know, and um, you know having priests who blow up in the middle of summoning the, the gods is kind of a thing that tends to get people questioning things. So the most of the issue is pretty much that. Uh, but then you also see, like I said, the, the, where Dr. Faustus comes in and he's monologuing, chopping it up like he does. And we find out he's working with Obadiah Stane and his Legion of Doom or whatever you want to call the, the people that he's working with. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like, this is kind of one of those things where I, what I probably would have said earlier is like, yeah, I don't, like, if it furthers the story, like, I get action is at some point needed and all that kind of good stuff, but I I don't know. If it's telling a fairly decent story, like, I don't believe that uh, a superhero story should have to be just go from action to action to action. You know, that's, like, again, that's just me. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we all kind of like the, the run-up to, to Secret War and Infinity and stuff, and while there was some action in there, most of the, the intrigue for that story was you know, the stuff that was just kind of them doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and the, 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 I guess it would be argued that, you know, he was kind of planned the long con and most of it panned out for the most, you know, even though I think there might be some threads. And, I'm, and also, speaking of Secret Wars, in this issue, it also comes back to Secret Wars because as he's talking to his ancestors, one of them brings up the fact that there's somebody who survived or, or a spirit or something that survives uh, Secret Wars. And I'm pretty sure it's somebody we never knew anything about because they just kind of used that to kind of throw this in here. And T'Challa ends up having to go to this person to uh, get them to like, to, to find out what they know about what's going on. And apparently, not only did the person know what was going on, but he kind of was the one, he kind of made himself known so that T'Challa could find them. And so now they're going to go off and or go back, come back to Wakanda and figure out whatever is going on. Oh uh, yeah, so we got a uh, we got a note from um friend of the show Matt Wang here, and he says uh, he was a little let down with Black Panther this week, um, but the Queen is back. So yes, if you um if you are up on the um if the characters he's talking about the character he's talking about you know what he's talking about again like I said, I've, I don't remember much from the Cullen Run, so I guess I should read them because I do have them. But I don't know. I thought this issue was all right. Um, it was just more of no, that's the wrong thing it was just kind of more than chopping it up it was kind of the stuff between the narrative between the actions and i assume we're going to get to some good old fashion fashion violence in a in an issue or two it is definitely you can safely say that it is definitely written by a person who has written novels yeah because there's no action in his stories well i mean come on like again like i said there's <laughs> novels you know there is action, but it's just the narrative is the action until there is actual action. To be fair, this is not Black Panther action comics. Exactly. Or action yeah. comics featuring Black Panther. So, you know, it'd be if they had action in the title, then, yeah, it'd be a little different. Yeah. So, that, that is my, my spin on that. All right. What else you got? Uh, well, what else you want to talk about? What we got? Because we got all of, uh, most of the H of 70 stuff. Hey, all new Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to bring that up. How about that? Because I'm not sure if I want to read this book, even though I love Guardians. Um, I started it, but got halfway through it before the show started. Okay, well, that being the case, I think we're almost about to time. 
at a rapid fire, but I will read um, Agent Seventy's notes on this. And he says, entertaining second issue, definitely in the vein of the movie sequel, runner up, click of the week. And I probably shouldn't have read that last part, but that's fine. You, I liked you, it. You, you put it on a teleprompter and I'm just going to read it. I like the, definitely liked Aaron Cooter's artwork with the colorist whose name I don't know off the top of my head, but they make for a good combo. I like that they, they at least addressed what Gamora, what her side mission possibly is, or that she's not, something's up with her, more or less. So, mm. that was cool. And I, I like Duggan's Guardians more already, I can tell. <laughs> Just, okay. I don't know the way he, he's bringing that, like, Deadpool sort of humor to it. I've, Svorcina is the colorist. Thanks for the hat tip. John Cena, what? Uh, Agent Sydney. But yeah, Bendis had some like humorous moments in his, but now I feel like his his Guardians ended on a better note than it started, where at least right now, Duggins is definitely getting off on a more entertaining tip. See, I thought Bendis started better than it ended, but, you know. Well, we disagree. Yeah, I agree. Throw down, throw down. It ain't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's interesting. Keep some pep on it, right? Keep some peepers on this book, I guess. Um, so does anyone else have any, well, I was about to say, uh, before we get into rapid fire or unless, or unless we want to go ahead and get into it, uh, what about the I am group book since we're talking guardians? I actually read that one. Mm-hmm. Was you that for your son? I, I, yeah. Well, he, he wanted to read it. He wants to read all the guardians books coming out now. So, um, so I have like all new guardians too. I just haven't read it. Um, I am Groot. It definitely starts out feeling like it's, you know, baby Groot from the movie. It has kind of that funny, fun, madcap feel to it. Um, but then once it starts to actually try to push the story along, it starts to lose some of that fun. Um, and by the time you get to the end of the book, you know, all of it was trying to push him to be somewhere different, separated from everyone else. So he'd have his own standalone story. And by the time you get there, it's lost some of that fun, easygoing magical charm that it had at the beginning with the baby Groot character. Um, I think part of it, you know, again, to, to break him away from everybody else and to have him you know, be somewhere different. Um, but also it, it puts him in peril uh, in a way uh, in the storyline, which doesn't really fit the tone. Like I feel like this would have been a better book if it was done by like the all oh, yeah comics guys um, who do a lot of the, the kid friendly fun book because all the stuff with Groot was really, you know, funny, kind of uplifting, lighthearted type stuff. And this one, I don't know, towards the end, I just felt like it started to get bogged down in trying to tell the story and and trying to put him in this tough place that he's got to work himself out of instead of just kind of going with the flow, let it be a fun going, uh, easy reading book for kids. And especially um, it's it's rated T for teen because of some of the stuff that happens in it. I think if they'd done it as an all ages, more of a kid friendly book, it still would have sold to everybody, but then you would have opened it up for another market to everybody else. So I was, I was a little disappointed in it, but I mean, still that's like, um, you know, I'm a little disappointed that my cheeseburger wasn't as big as I wanted it to be. You know, it's still good. It's not, it's not by any means a bad book. Uh, I just think there was a missed opportunity there. I okay. am something. And uh, uh, agent 70 says in his notes that, um, uh, okay. Set up, for the Juvenile Group solo series, I'll give the second issue a chance because the adventures of Juvenile Group is definitely a different direction in the vein of the movie, which I guess we will talk, we will kind of get to in a second. Is, this is a, this is not an ongoing, this is just a mini, correct? Um, that I don't know. Let me double check. 
and I, I'm kind of curious as to if Grook would be able to sustain an ongoing book. I mean, he's had books before, but they generally... The, the problem is with the way they reboot books so many times nowadays, it's hard to tell if something was meant to be ongoing and only made it to six or if it was meant to... Uh, the, way it's, uh, the way it's listed here, it's uh, 2017 onward. Uh, it's not listed as uh, a miniseries. It just says Groot in his own series. It doesn't say in his own miniseries. So, so apparently it's expected to just keep on trucking. Oh, we got some lists for August, so I didn't see if it was there, but that's not really saying much either. So that's weird and interesting, but hey, good on it. Oh, we just got a note for at least one trade's worth, yeah. 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 Probably. Um, that seems to be, like you said, that seems to be how things kind of running nowadays. They get at least a trade's worth of material out of it. It's it's like a new TV show that's kind of on the bubble. They might cancel it. They might save it. But if it's got enough that one more season will send it into syndication, then they'll let it go one more season before they cancel it. You know, most of these, you have to have a really, really low number of sales on a comic to not get at least a trade's worth out of the comic series. That seems to be, you know, they give it at least six, maybe five and an oversized special or five and they pad it with a reprint from something else. But but yeah, I don't that's... Know whether, what, if they market the book correctly or not. But that's a whole other story we didn't talk about either. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we are at Rapid Fire, folks? Or anybody well, I guess wanna... the, the one other thing I read, I know Agent 70 also read it. I forgot to put it on my list earlier, but I added it later, was uh, Totally Awesome Hulk. Oh, yeah. Okay. And this, uh, the only reason why I read it, actually, is because this is tying into the... Um, uh, Weapon X series and Weapons of Mutant Destruction. This is the prelude. And uh, I, I honestly paid no attention. I, I really don't pay a lot of attention to solicits as far as storylines go, only in as much as when I need to place orders. So I remembered when this came out that we had to order a couple extras so that all of the uh, Weapon X people can get a copy of Hulk and all the Hulk people can get a copy of Weapon X, but I didn't pay a lot of attention beyond that. And so as I was sorting through those books, I pulled out this cover and I was like, wait a minute, that's Sabretooth and Old Man Logan. Is this, is this tying into Weapon X? Like I completely put it out of my head after placing the order. So, uh, so I grabbed one to read through it. Uh, and sure enough, this ties in directly. If you're reading Weapon X, you got to pick this up. Uh, they are going to have a special Weapons of Mutant Destruction Alpha, I think. Uh, and then it's going to go back and forth for several issues. Uh, and then I think there's an Omega at the end that wraps it up. Um, but basically, if you've been following the Weapon X books, there are these uh, almost like T-1000 uh, Terminators that are chasing after the Weapon X people trying to get samples because they're trying to build their own perfect sentinels uh, using these mutant powers to hunt down and kill the mutants or whatever. And, um, and so uh, they go after Hulk in order to use the gamma irradiated blood. And uh, so they, these things start attacking Hulk and uh, we found out at the end of the last weapon X issue that uh, Hulk was going to be on their uh, list of who they're going after. So here's when the two books start to cross over. And, um, for someone that doesn't read Totally Awesome Hulk, uh, I started reading this one and I was like, man, this Amadeus Cho is really kind of a douche. Like he's <laughs> he's like too suave and smooth for his own good most of the time. He's Almost to the point where he's, boy, he's like really annoying. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's just the character because part of the thing is he is one of the smartest people, uh, you know, on Earth. And now he's got uh, uh, this, you know, huge uh, power at his disposal. Uh, being a Hulk, so uh, you know, I'm sure that's going to play with someone's personality, and that may be something that that Greg Pak, uh, you know, deals with on this book. But um, the two books come together, and it it really 
uh, going back and looking at that Weapon X issue and then going into this totally awesome Hulk, it feels, it actually feels like it works. Like it feels organic. It doesn't feel too horribly shoehorned together. Uh, you would normally think, uh, you know, a, a Wolverine and Hulk crossover. If it's, it's an older Wolverine, much older Wolverine and it's a different Hulk, it's, you know, obviously not going to harken back to, uh, Hulk 181 or anything like that. Um, but the way that they've, they've set it up and put it together, I think it actually works pretty well. Um, I think Agent 70 said this is a crossover straight out of the 90s, and in a sense it is, um, uh, but it's it, it works. Um, I think it, it does a good job of setting it up without feeling too, uh, too haphazard and crazy, and some of the stuff that happens in this book, uh, without spoiling what actually uh, goes on in the storyline, um, will cause ramifications going forward in the storyline. So uh, it is a key part of the ongoing storyline. So people, if anybody that's out there is reading the Weapon X series, you definitely got to run out, grab a copy of this book, because not only does it tie in, but there's some key stuff that happens in this book that you're going to want. So um, I enjoyed it, even though I'm sitting there a lot of times looking at Amadeus Cho going, like, somebody smack this guy. Shut him up. Like, enough with the attitude. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, overall, it's definitely definitely, uh, worth reading. So I will say this, uh, I haven't read this issue and I wasn't sure if I was going to or not, but I just caught up with the last three issues. Um, and I remember reading a few of the issues, the, the first few issues of the series, and I kind of felt like you did then, uh, but it kind of seems like they're probably kind of using this to grow uh, Amadeus up because you can kind of see a little bit of growth. Like, yeah, he's still kind of whatever, whatever, but you can kind of see some growth little by little, especially in the last, the last three uh, issues, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, he teams up with, uh, you know, uh, Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel and, and Silk and the rest of those cats, you know, for, for, which was, which was actually pretty good. If you do, if you get a chance to, to catch, it was like four issues of that. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. So coming from that, I can see it was like, well, he may still have his little quirks, but he's, so well, if he's, if he's gotten better and he's like this, I'd be afraid to go back and read the old ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think like, I hadn't read this one yet, but I think uh, he's he was decidedly pretty bad in the beginning. But again, he's always kind of been a little bit of a snot, you know, when he's shown up for stuff. So, but um, actually, with that, before we go into rapid fire, oh, and actually, no, we can just go ahead and go straight into rapid fire because I only have a couple books left, and I think everybody outside of Angel Seventy, you want to hit that again? Is that like applause mixed with explosions mixed with static? <laughs> no, gun. that's the rapid fire. That's the, the minigun shooting. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> We're still workshopping this, folks. So. <laughs> oh, speaking, speaking of folks, by the way, uh, from the uh, YouTube chat, um, John Paul Ace Peter says, enjoying the show tonight, stock guys. So thank you for that. And he says, "Also says, what's up?" Or yeah, they say, "What's up?" So, John oh, Paul, man. thanks for watching. I forget who I, I forget which character you are on Twitter. I know your. I think your Twitter account's not their YouTube uh, name. No, but thank you for watching. Okay. And uh, yeah. we we do have a note here from Matt Wang on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know if Weapons of Mutant Destruction will live up to the '90s uh, classic crossover Child's Play, which I don't remember. I don't remember. Agent Seventy, that question is all you, buddy. Uh, reply on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter at uh, agent underscore 70. Make sure you look for his reply to that question. <laughs> um, that being said, so who wants to start off rapid fire? Do it? Or, you know, we'll just go with agent 70 stuff since he's, since he's 
uh, doing his Black Bolt thing. So we, he has uh, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, number two, which he says, surprisingly entertaining. Wait, oh no, I thought I was reading the wrong one. Surprisingly entertaining second issue. Ben Riley's craziness is more entertaining after two issues. All right. And then he has Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 17. You know what? We will skip that one. Uh, and we will get to one that I want to kind of mention for a second. Uh, Why'd you skip Cap? Because, uh, yeah, there's a reason to worry about it. Keep, keep, keep pushing. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Warriors. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, did, I just read that, so I should have read that beforehand. But anyway, Secret Warriors number two. I was mad I didn't uh, get to that before the show. Oh, man, this was actually pretty good, and I think I might agree with uh, Agent 70 on this one. And he says, runner-up, click of the week, a great issue that covers a lot of ground post-Las um, Vegas attack that kicks off Secret Wars and uh, a Secret Empire. Why do I keep doing that? Um, and I would like to add that, yeah, this book is kind of silly, but it works. You know, like this team and uh, what they've gone through the, these last couple of issues has been kind of cool. You know, it's, it's a young team because you got, like, you know, Quake and Moon Girl and Miss Marvel and uh, Inferno, and Karnak, who's, I guess, the, the mentor of the group or something. <laughs> Their dynamic is pretty fun. And, of course, they're Devil Dinosaur, but like this dynamic is just kind of weird and kind of fun at the same time, even though they're in the midst of squabbling half the time. So, um, But, yeah, like, so they, they're basically, because Karnak, they went to rescue Karnak for the last issue, and Karnak was like, I'm not the one you're looking for, but the one you're looking for is with the X-Men. So, they they hijack a Hydra VW Golf for some odd reason, um, which seems to be the only vehicle there. And there's like, if you ever get to see it, well, if you see CB caps in the next probably a day or so, you will see a, a caption of that said car because it has some stuff on it that was kind of, or at least one, two, one thing that was kind of amusing on it. Um, but they're trying to stay low profile because this is after the attack and, you know, they're being chased by Hydra and they run into a, a Hydra spot and they apparently run into a, a person well, they think a person's getting kidnapped, but it was a trap. And I'll just go ahead and spoil this because they run into the Howling Commandos, for gracious sake. Yeah. So they have a, a little, little squabble with the Howling Commandos. And Quake actually um, echoes my sentiments about that group when they, when they come up on them, which, again, will be another uh, cap when you... Uh, a panel when you see that. So yeah, but yeah, they get past that. For some strange reason, Lunella's driving. She's nine years old and she can't even reach the pedal, but yet she's driving the car for some reason. And they run into some ex-folks at the, at the end of this book because they're trying to get to the X-Men. Or basically, Karnak says, like, yeah, they just keep driving, the X-Men will find you. And sure enough, there are some ex-folks that does end up finding them, but it's not necessarily the X-Men. And that's where this issue leaves off. And I believe that is it for, yes, that is it for Agent 70. Anybody else got to want to bring up something? I only had three books, so we've done mine. Okay. Oh, dirt. All I have left is my click. Okay. And I think as far as I'm, well, no, actually, that is it for me. So guess what? For, oh, no, no. That's not it for me. So uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dog in the sword number 19. That is my, actually my last one. Cause I still don't know what my click is at this point. Oh, actually, I think I do. Now that we talked about it. Um, so Nella's in the process of doing a uh, science project for her school, but since she's like the smartest girl in the universe, and like she kind of goes above and beyond that uh, she ends up making this device that uh, calls uh, basically a satellite or a, an antenna um, because her, her science project has something to do with the moon, but you know, she's kind of like I said, kind of going past that. Uh, she picks up a signal from this girl that seemingly sounds like she's kidnapped, but in actuality um, and the cover kind of 
puts this out there. She's a moon. And if if you think because of that cover that she has a bears a striking resemblance to ego, yeah, I mean that's probably a good reason for that. Because while we do not get the reasoning before, and I we do see uh, a quote unquote cameo from Ego, the Living Planet, which I'm going to assume is going to play in next uh, next issue. But yeah, she ends up building a spaceship and taking Devil Dinosaur and going to find this girl who ends up being a moon and that's where the issue ends. It's kind of cute actually, weirdly. And there you have that. And I believe that is it for that and we can get to clicks of the week. Do you want to read clicks of the 70s? Week? No, no sound effect for that? because We really need to work up with someone for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can go ahead and start off with Agent 70s, which is the not mentioned before Captain America Steve Rogers number 17, and he says... Second week uh, definitely follows up the events of Secret Empire in the mode of Frontline type story, but keeping it uh, within one of the regular stories. And I believe Frontline was the, was that the Civil War like, tie-in book? I believe it was. Yeah, if that's what he's, that's what he's going for. Okay, so, yes, yeah, he's confirmed. So, surprised I remember that. Um, so that's his. I really should catch up with Steve Rogers and 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 all of the Secret Empire stuff, but I really don't want to. Uh, so, anybody else want to want to do theirs? Because I'm kind of still thinking about. It. Actually, I'm mine not- was Justice League of America number seven. Okay. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, I mean, I can do mine. Sure. Mine was the DC Universe by Mike Mignola, and some of you may be asking, "Wait, what is that?" And that is a nifty hardcover that came out this week. And, uh, yeah, actually, it's, uh, I believe it's a $40, yeah, $40 hardcover. Um, with beautiful, even wraparound on the hardcover itself uh, artwork. But uh, basically what this is, is <laughs> taking away something that, that uh, I used cons for for a long time. This collects all of the, the random weird stuff that he's done over the years for DC Comics and puts it in one place. So, for instance, he did Cosmic Odyssey. That's all collected in a trade. He did Gotham by Gaslight. That's collected in a trade. He did, uh, I think, Dark Knight, Dark City was the name of the Batman story. That's collected in a trade. What this is is the one-off covers, the old uh, Phantom Stranger miniseries, the... Um, uh, Superman, random issues of Superman that he did back in the day. Uh, some of the uh, Batman um, Legends of the Dark Knight storylines are all collected here. Um, if he didn't do the cover, it doesn't show the cover. It just gives you the story. If he just did the cover but didn't do anything on the inside, it's got you the uh, the cover there as part of the artwork. Um, and it, you can see here on the old ones how it's got the logos. It's got everything the way it was printed because that's the only way that DC has them archived nowadays. Uh, but when we get to some of the newer stuff that he's done, it's free of all of that, um, the logos and the what they call the trade dress, the price and everything like that. It's just the straight artwork. So you can really uh, see it for how good it is. And this is, this is, I mean, basically all of that stuff that I go to cons and dig through dollar bins and dig through, you know, random back issue stuff, trying to find the random one-off covers that he did. Uh, covers to the old Dead Man series, covers to uh, um, 
just weird, like Spectre. Uh, he drew some issues of uh, Spectre covers. He, he didn't do the actual book, but he did a bunch of covers. And so I've, you know, collected those over the years just to have them sitting in a box somewhere because I like his artwork, but, I mean, he didn't do anything on the inside. So they reprinted them here uh, with some of the other stories that he's done. So really, I mean, this is, for anybody who's a fan of his artwork, this is like the necessary uh, material that you got to pick up. Again, it's, it's a $40 book, but it's all of that stuff collected put together, uh, beautifully preserved. Colors are vibrant. Uh, the pages are, are thick, slick pages. Um, just everything in here is, is collected together so well. Old Starman series, if anybody remembers that series. Uh, just all of this stuff collected in here. So for someone like me, this is, this is like the greatest thing ever, uh, to have all of it collected together into one spot like this. Uh, this is the t- like I've got a file on my hard drive of JPEGs of a bunch of the stuff that now I can jettison because it's a much higher quality, um, <laughs> you know, collected here in this book. So this is my click of the week. This is the, the the number one thing that came out of the diamond boxes this week that made me happy more than anything else. So I'll be pouring over this for weeks to come. I saw that on comic list and I'm like, yep, this dirt's going to be all over that. Yep, definitely. So, um, Matt Wang on Twitter actually asked. Uh, does it include Dr. Fate and Shade short stories? Oh, let's see here. This has got Phantom Stranger 1 through 4, World of Krypton 1 through 4, Action Comics 600, Superman 18, Action Comics Annual 2, Swamp Thing Annual 5, Batman Legends of the Dark Knight 54, Batman Gotham Knights 36, Batman Villains Secret Files and Origins, and 50 pages of cover art. So some of the stuff that is not collected in here has been collected in other places. Uh, like I said, Cosmic Odyssey and that stuff. So uh, if there's something else that you think he did that's not in here, it's a, most likely it's collected somewhere else uh, in the DC library. All right. Oh, you're underwater, Roddy. Poor RoboCop. I kind of prefer calling you RoboCop better. Hey, that works for me. Um, how's that? That's much better. Cool, cool. Uh, and lastly, my click of the week will be Secret Warriors number two. That, that, that the, This issue was actually pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it. I said this book, so far, it's been kind of weird working for me. So we'll see if that, uh, if that keeps up. And with that, I believe we can go into an ad read while we set up a news. Hey. That was loud. That kind of scared me. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Where do I want to go? I want to. I'm doing the ad read, so I got to pull this up here, and I got to throw this over. We'll 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 get this better in the future. But uh, yeah, we're still working on it. Boom! There we go. All right. This episode of the Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts out many of their popular shirt designs and puts them on sale every week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek geek culture, and much, much more on sale t-shirts such as Mordor Dark Ale, Visit Earth, Home of Cats, Internet, and Bacon. Surely not everybody was Kung Fu fighting. And Dance Magic Dance World Tour 1986. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. And then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And now it's time for the news. 
Ah, that was perfectly timed. I love it. Um, and unfortunately, I'm still kind of setting some of this up. And um, <laughs> because we do have a lot of <laughs> with this is also uh, where I checked out. Oh, that's uh, that is absolutely right. Okay, right. I almost forgot that. So yes, we say goodbye to uh, Tim Dog at this point of the show. Any last words, sir? Tim, what was that? Any last words? Uh, Final words. You can now find my writings on CBR and the Nerdist. So yes. check that out. Congrats on that. And look forward to being on next week. I will definitely have more comments read. It's also kind of funny because I think we, we last week we were talking, we made a nerdish joke, and I don't know if that was if that was intentional on any of our parts, not knowing that. Just foreshadowing. Apparently. Or, even though at the time I didn't know unless the other guys did. But, so. but with that, sir, we will bid you adieu. Have a great show. All right. No, I refuse. <laughs> great. <laughs> All right, so, and that was just enough time to actually get me finished with what I was doing. So that's perfect. So the first bit of cinematic news, and I guess this is all me today, um, is that Guardians of the Galaxy's Michael Rooker has finally met Mary Poppins. So if you have seen uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which we all have, but and we will still talk about at some point in a new future in depth, you will have seen the running joke, or not even the running joke, but the joke pop up about Mary Poppins, and you have seen it more than likely uh, in people's Twitter handles and other things during the course of, I mean, during the course of the last couple of weeks. But yes, so if you're watching the the video of the program as we speak, um, you will see a picture with Michael Rooker and uh, a Mary Poppins character at Disneyland or World, whichever one she's at. So there you go. I saw, I remember I saw this, and uh, the caption underneath says she's Mary Poppins. Y'all just kidding, but um. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny because I remember seeing this when this was uh, when this came up on Twitter. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty cute. So there's that. Next up, we have not that. Keep moving that way. Tom Hardy to star in Sony's Venom film, which I don't remember if we talked about this before. But we knew there was a Venom film coming. We finally have our Venom. So now we get um, Bane Venom. That's going to be interesting or something. Exactly. We are we still on the? Okay, there's a question apparently. Of whether or not we're still on the air. Uh, Agent it's 70. As, it's just as live on my end. Yeah, as far as I can tell, we're still going. Yeah. Um, if you want to check uh, check the, 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 the YouTube page. Oh, by the way, uh, Matt Wang tweeted out earlier wondering, should I be picking up Secret Warriors? Uh, and Matthew Rosenberg, the writer, asked, do I get a vote? Uh, <laughs> no. You know, the answer is no, you don't get a vote. You know the funny part about this? This is the second time, and I, and I would imagine he's did he tag uh, Rosenberg in on that because Matt does that sometimes. Um, I don't think so. I think he just uh, okay. He just picked it up because yeah, I think some of them he, some he of hashtag them, Secret Warriors, and that was probably picked up by it. Yeah. Oh no, he did Ashcan Press. Yeah, is Rosenberg name? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. Go. So, yeah, he does that because he did that. Uh, Matt did that the other day, the other week with um, Guardians actually, and. Um, and Cherry Duggan was like, yes, pick it up because my kid needs shoes or something like that. So that yeah, was kind of funny. But I would say so far, yeah, like the, the book's kind of it's, it's kind of weird and funny. Like I said earlier, and um, I don't know where it's, where it's going to go, but I'm kind of like this weird makeup of a team. So if you like any of those characters t- together, sure, run with it. Okay, Tim says he sees the stream out. Cool. That's, that's wondering Because like I said, it still says live here, and I would like to think that we would have... Somebody would have said anything, said something. Okay. All right. So, so anyway. right along. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming composer debuts orchestral version of the 67 theme. So. 
Soon to be a ringtone everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, the original version is a pretty good ringtone by itself. So I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't click this. I wasn't ready for that. But uh, that's going to be interesting because the '67 seems kind of, kind of campy, and hearing it done by an orchestra is going to be pretty cool. I'm going to assume it's going to show up in Homecoming somewhere. Damn, no, uh, no. I mean, I still see your icon down at Agent Seventy, so I don't know. A- Agent Seventy, log out and log back in. Maybe that'll fix your problem. Yeah, maybe. Like, and I'm pretty sure I did not click anything else. Because yeah, I'm not hearing his sound effects, so, and I'm not showing him as being muted or anything. Right. So I would say log out, log back in. Yes, turn it off and turn it back on. That always works. Sometimes. Uh, moving right along, Brooklyn Nine Nine Star would love to play America Chavez. Which... You know, okay, these stories. Every time I see one of these stories, <laughs> it's like, what time are they going to act? Ask an actor or actress, would you like to be in a major motion picture? No, no, I don't want it. I just like doing TV. I mean, they they're always like, oh yeah, I'll do that. I, I'll play that part. It's like, come on. Well, so uh, I think in this case, because this happens on Twitter a lot, where people fan cast. And I think somebody might have done that and, and tagged, her, tagged her in on it, and she answered and responded. Well, yeah, I'm that. sure, but I mean, so. that, that always goes back to, hey, wouldn't you like to play Superman? And they always ask, you know, some random person, Bradley Cooper, and Bradley Cooper's like, sure, I'll play Superman. And then it becomes like this headline, Bradley Cooper wants to play Superman. It's like, it's not like this this person is out there begging for it. It's not like this person is, you know, champion a script and, you know, hired their own people to, to do background on it or anything like that. They're just like, hey, would you like to be in a movie? Like, oh, right. Okay, sure. And then, you know. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that because you, you, you see that random one where XYZ wants to play so and so character because, you know, and he's lobbying for it so hard, it, it hurts and it's ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. It's like, well, of course you're going to say that. But at the same time, there are some of these people with genuine love for some of these characters. And, again, like I said, you have some folks lobbying for stuff so hard. I, I would like for someone wants to be like, hey, do you want to play, uh, you know, Moon Girl in the Devil Dinosaur movie and have them be like, Who's that? I hate that character. No, get away from me. You, you, you know? will not see that. In fact, I think you will probably get more people <laughs> wanting to attack you for just saying that. <laughs> but, um, I only said that because that was, that was your... Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Because it came up. So, but right. Actually, somebody's already fancasted that, too, because you know, cause I'm like, I don't know who these people are that they find sometimes. Like, I only know about this person because I just happened to see Brooklyn Nine-Nine one time. But. I love the show. I watch it every week. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back to it because the the one two episodes that I saw seemed pretty cool. So, but there's, there's a lot of other uh, shows on the. All place. right. So anyway, moving on. So moving on. What's next? Okay, we heard that sound effect. So it's yes, 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 yes. And uh, we can talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine more. So what was your favorite? No, I'm just uh, Let's do a Brooklyn Nine Nine podcast. We'll do it every know, uh, right? Sunday night. Work it out. So, sad news, uh, Zack Snyder steps away from Justice League following a family tragedy, which I believe uh, has to do with the death of their he and his wife's daughter, uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Um, and apparently, Josh Whedon has picked up the directing seats uh, after that. So, um, condolences go out to Zack Snyder and his family for their loss. Um, you have to wonder... I'm sure this movie is very far along at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What would what would we be doing? I mean, maybe it's some final edits and picking up some shots here and there, but you got to think there's not going to be a whole lot different from what would have come out anyway. Oh, how far into post that they've gotten into? Right. At this point? Yeah. Yeah. True. So, and I would imagine. I mean, granted, they probably won't. You know, they won't probably 
bother too much about it, but if, I would imagine if Josh was like, hey, hey, um, so what you what were you thinking about here in this in this section kind of situation? Right. And I believe Josh Whedon has said he's been wanting to do a uh, DC movie, so this weirdly worked out um, in a crazy way, but it is what it is. Uh, next up, Evangeline Lilly does Wasp uh, costume fitting for Ant-Man 2, and here we see a mock-up of it. So... It's like there was no, you know, we knew she was going to be in the suit. So, well, wasn't there a question for a while of whether or not she was going to return for the role? There was a, well, there was a, I remember there being a question as to whether she was going to be in the suit. Uh, I don't remember if there was going to be a question if she was going to be returned. That probably was something like right after Ant Man, the first Ant Man came out. Hmm. But I don't remember so much because that was oh, so, so long ago. Uh, moving right along. Farber Hellboy Ron Perlman wishes David Harbour well on the reboot. Some good graces going on there. Which I'm thinking to myself when I saw this, I'm like, that's cool and all, but what was he going to say? Right, exactly. Because it kind of goes back to that, hey, you want to be in a movie thing. Like, right. the only other thing I guess he would say is, oh, those movies are perfect. They never need to be touched again. How dare you, you know, remake them? But I mean, he's not going to say that. It wasn't really his character, you know, right. so. In fact, um, he begrudgingly said that he would come back for the for a third one, right? Because he basically was like, "Yeah, this, I do it for the fans and this kind of other." But apparently, it didn't all pan out, and they're rebooting it. So, weird things with that that lot. So, next up is another bit of sad news: uh, Sir Roger Moore, legendary James Bond actor, passes away. Uh, kind of bring this up because, well, there are not that I need to really direct Titus and think the comics, but there are James Bond comic books either. I mean, also, he also played the Saint, which is also, did they make a comic book off the Saint? I'm sure they have, yeah. Yeah, and probably was tagging. So it was a sad loss. I mean, I don't know who, he wasn't necessarily everybody's favorite. He wasn't the, the he wasn't favorite, but he was second, because obviously, you know, you had Connery, you had James, you had Roger Moore, and then you had other guys. <laughs> and other guys. He other just guys. Throw I mean, it out like that. I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> Um, Nobody even talks about Lazenby. I mean, let's get real. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I will say this, and I may be the only person you ever hear say this, but I've actually, I actually have the box set, the the Blu-ray set so of I. the James Bond movies. Lazenby's movie was not bad because of Lazenby. It was a terrible script. It was an absolutely terrible script. It was, it was not great. Uh, directing and uh, as far as his job, he he was fine. I think he was he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was fine as James Bond. Maybe a little too vanilla, middle of the road. But that script was terrible. I mean, there was no way that movie was going to be any good. Yep, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, if you're a James Bond fan, fan pick this up because it has everything up until uh, Skyfall. No, actually, it has everything up until what was before Skyfall? Uh, Casino Royale. Wait, no, when it Quantum of Solace? Or Quantum? Wait, yeah. Yes, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, and it has a slot for Skyfall because it was around the time that Skyfall came out, which I had a copy of Skyfall, and I have no idea what the freak it is. <laughs> I actually accidentally bought that one twice. So, I, And I thought I had, but I can't even find my first copy. So, I'm not even But yeah, it. if you go back and watch that movie, Lazenby is perfectly fine. It was just a terrible mm-hmm. script. Terrible. There was it, it, No one would have done that movie. So anyway... And I believe we had Diana Reed in that movie. So Right. right. So And, uh, you know... I know a lot of people didn't like Roger Moore because he had a different, uh, more comedic take on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, some of his, some of those movies were, were just fantastic. Agreed. In fact, Roger Moore was, was the bond that I came in on. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. So it, and, and that kind of plays into the, cause it's, it's just like your doctor who or whatever. This is all the one that you came in on. That's going to be your one, except for the fact that in this case, Connery ended up being 
the bond of note for me and a lot of other people. But you know, there are people that that ride for um, Daniel Craig now, but those people are new or and or just like Daniel Craig, so that's a whole other situation. I think but, he's fine as Bond, but his Bond movies are Jason Bourne. His little, exactly, it's a little rough and tumble. Yeah, um, and yeah, you hit it on the head. It's a little more Jason Bourne than Bond, so and that's weird. Well, that's uh, in the end of episode one of the Bond cast. Join us next <laughs> Exactly. Uh, moving right along, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns in January 2018 with no breaks. And not the car breaks. We're talking about no breaks in between. Uh, I mean, a storyline that just goes on and on and on and doesn't know when to quit. <laughs> it's just a nonstop ride, folks, which I believe it also says in here, so... I have not seen the last episode of this past season, but I heard it was actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, like I have to, I have to watch that this weekend at some point. So uh, that and other episodes, but whatever. So yeah, twenty eighteen. Uh, so as as you may or may not know, we're getting in humans in a couple of months, and that's gonna be that's gonna ride out our fall. Wait, did somebody? Did you, did we just hear a boo. Yeah, I heard the sound effect jump in there for a second, but. Uh... Sound more like a, <laughs> more like a dog barfing. I wasn't sure what that was. I know, right? Well, I guess either way was. I mean, yeah, that still that. works, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to think about the Inhumans uh, series, but luckily it's only going to be like what eight, eight episodes. So, and we also have Defenders coming in August, so that's going to be we will have no shortage of small things going on. Next up, Wonder Woman beats out Spider Man is the most anticipated, anticipated, anticipated summer movie. Which I will have to say, the run up to. to <laughs> Oh, you need to stop it. No. Um, <laughs> so I talk about this before. Like we didn't it didn't seem like the run up to, to Wonder Woman was kinda of going slow, but they've kind of picked it up and there's been things I don't know. I'm anticipating it and not the fact that it's like next week or Well, I think also, you know, we've heard nothing for the last two years other than we don't right. need another Spider Man movie. Why are they rebooting Spider Man again? Stop with the Spider Man movies. They can't do the Spider Man movies right. There hasn't been a good Spider Man movie since the first one from uh Toby Maguire, you know I would say Civil War was was the, was a good Spider Man movie, but you know. I mean it's just uh, there's been a lot within the fans themselves putting down Spider Man that if you're a random person and you turn to your that one friend you know who you know, reads comics, whatever, and you're like, oh, what do you think of Spider-Man? Oh, I can't believe they're doing another one, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. That's definitely going to hurt in the long run. Yeah, Whereas, as Everybody seems to be, you know, looking forward to, to watching this Wonder Woman on the big screen. Yeah, and I will also go ahead and say, I think movie protocol, at the very least uh, for myself, I don't know if the rest of you guys are going to watch it uh, then, but I think I'm probably going to go to the, the, the Thursday show next week. Uh, and also next week is uh, Wonder Woman Day on the third, so your local comic shop may or may not be having something. I think I know mine is uh, for for Wonder Woman Day, so check your local comic shop see if they're actually doing something for it. Uh, moving right along, Supergirl and Lydia Carter team up for Wonder Woman promo spot. Uh, I I have not been keeping up with Supergirl, even though I know that show is pretty cool. But I know it has something to do with the boots, with Wonder Woman boots or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. or, that or that might have been something else. I can't remember. But um, I remember seeing another article that showed it. For some strange reason, it's not showing it here. And that's probably because of ad blocker or something. So come at me. Um, moving right along. Preacher Season 2 heats up with new portraits, featurettes. Has anyone on this on this one watching Preacher? I have not. I have not. uh I watched a little bit of the first episode and just didn't get into it. So I went on to other things. Uh, the 
the guy who owns the comic book store where I work, Damien, uh, he said that it, it took a while. It took a little bit for the series to feel like it was getting somewhere. Um, he said, if you stick with it by the end of the series, it's pretty good, but I'm just, for me, it's not worth sticking through a season of a series just to try to get pretty good towards the end, you know? Which, I mean, to be fair, some shows kind of need that because there's a lot of, well, there may be a lot of setup to it or whatever for whatever reason, but I get that. But And I think this season wasn't that long. It was like, like what, eight shows or something or something like that? I don't remember. So it's not like it would be a, a big, big investment for it. I, I said I probably would go back for it. Plus, Roof Nega and anything, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down for it, sure. Um, moving right along, and uh, to answer Matt's question, I think we do have an article about that um, coming soon. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Disneyland ride video reveals MCU references. So, yes, there's a ride at Disneyland World, one of those two, called uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, and it's full, chock full of references and whatnot, including Cosmo. Look at Cosmo. It's it's very unusual because um, the Universal Studios has the rights to do Marvel branded stuff. So there's actually a a section in Universal Studios that's like Marvel Comics World, Marvel Land, whatever. Uh, There's actually a comic book shop um, in Universal Studios where you can pick up comics. That's where the Spider-Man ride is. Um, You've got... uh, we were eating lunch in the lobby of the Baxter building and uh, Green Goblin came running in and started terrorizing everybody. Um, nice. You know, they just do like all sorts of weird, you know, stuff in there. That's um, right. I remember you saying you went there. Right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, so Marvel, um, you know, is now owned by Disney. So Disney wanted to put the rides in, but Universal Studios has the rights. So they put the ride in there, but they couldn't. You know, whenever you see these movies, it's always Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxies. It's Marvel's The Avengers. Well, they couldn't put Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy on the ride. It was just Guardians of the Galaxy. They couldn't put that Marvel uh, you know, logo on it because Universal Studios has those rights to all the Marvel branded stuff. So by unbranding it, apparently that was their workaround to have it uh, in the Disney uh, park. Um, so there were questions of how how many references there'd be to other Marvel stuff and how deep they could take it before they really start pushing that line uh, with Universal that may end up in some uh, lawsuits down the road. Okay, interesting. I One of these days, I'm probably going to have to go down there and see that stuff. The, the Spider-Man ride is awesome. And let me... Actually, we went to Universal... I want to say it was February of last year, and that's the perfect time to go because it's after the Christmas rush. It's before... The spring weather hits. the The weather down there is nice. It's in the seventies. Yeah, get that bad in Florida, so yeah. Yeah, um, but there was there were not a lot of people there. So like the Spider Man ride was my son's favorite ride. He rode it three times in a row, just going in, getting on the ride as soon as it was done, getting off, going back into the line, snaking through, and getting back on. And I mean, he ran through it three times in like a half hour because there was almost no line, you know, to go through. Right. Um, that February is just a fantastic time to go. There's there's not a lot of people there, so. I definitely recommend it. And that concludes Travel Tips with Dirt section. <laughs> All righty. So moving right along, new Ant-Man animated shorts coming to Disney XD. So they've been kind of hot and heavy on some of these uh, animated shorts lately. And this is the next in the long line of that, which is, and I'm thinking, which I still haven't seen the, the Rocket and Groot ones yet. Um, so yeah, June 10th and 11th, they're going to put these out there. And I think they will be, just like the Rocket and Group stuff, will be on the Disney XD app um, as it airs. 
and it's like there's about four or five of them that they're going to show in in succession and it's of course the scott lang version and we see a little bit of the art from that which actually looks kind of neat um going in this but see i don't get disney xd so i haven't seen any of these Mm. i mean you should you should be able to get even the. the oh, I'm sure if I look app. around on the internet long enough. Well, there's that too. But I mean, I think they're the, 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 I don't think that the Disney XD app calls for you to have to sign into anything. I'm, I might be wrong for that because all of those apps do that. So I'm probably wrong. Uh, but that says look out for them if you do have Disney XD or find some way to uh, watch them. Spider Man Homecoming's final trailer has arrived with new footage. Have you watched this? I watched one of them. Hmm. Uh, this one just came out like a, like yesterday or a day before. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I watched one Monday night or Tuesday night. <laughs> Supportive film, okay. Yeah, so that sounds about right. Yeah, that, I think that's about the time where this one hit. Uh, I just watched it yesterday morning, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm you didn't have to sell me on it any more than, <laughs> than, than it was already available, so... And there was some actual stuff we hadn't seen, so I'm like, okay, cool. But just I'm just already. amazed at how much a Spider-Man movie is being sold on the strength of Iron Man. He, it, he is kind of hot and heavy on there, but but and that's probably because this, even though it's not actual, this is kind of bridging, you know, the Sony universe with the the MCU. Again. Yeah, no, and, and I yeah I understand. I mean, exactly why it's being done. It's just I never thought we'd see the day that. The marketing for a Spider-Man movie would require Iron Man being in every, like every single trailer. You know, that is true. Um, yeah, I, I had a thought. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, wow, there's a lot of Tony in this. This is like really weird for a Spider-Man movie. But I'm not giving yeah. you a hug. I'm just. Uh... I know, right? <laughs> They're just gonna play that scene out, which it's you know I would imagine it's still gonna play in once it finally hits in the theaters. So cool. I uh, hope that film does well. And some sad news. I, I, I shouldn't say that. That's not, that's not nice. Michael Rosenbaum, a.k.a. Lex Luthor of Smallville fame and Justice League. Well, wait, he didn't do Justice League next, but he has done voice work for Justice League and other places. Anyway, wants to write a Power Pack movie. Just go ahead and sit on that for, real, for, for, for a second. Of all I, the- lot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That is a pretty deep cut to, to want to actually do. So, and you got to think about it. It's, it's one that Marvel or probably no one else is thinking about. So, and I mean, hey, if he can write a power pack movie that gets people wanting to see a power pack movie, then give the man a million dollars. I mean, if, if I mean, if anybody can do it, then great. Like more power to him. I mean, his premise, he kind of says a little, a little bit of his premise. He was like, uh, I love to write Power Pack. Uh, it came out in the 80s. These young siblings get powers from an alien race. Um, right as their dad builds the planet destroying weapon, which causes another alien, which another alien race wants. It's got the Spielberg Stranger Things vibe. I can really take that concept and make it fresh. So he seems to think that he has something on it. Here's my question. Well, I guess it would kind of depend on who picks it up because uh, anyone who knows anything about Power Pack, Franklin Richards, aka of. Uh, you know, FF fame was part of Power Pack. Are they going to use that? Are they going to go with that part? And if that's the case, it would have to be on Fox because they have the rights to fence up. Well, aren't the uh, FF rights running out? It should be because um, they haven't done it. Well, no, but no, 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 because that movie was only a couple of years ago, and I believe it's seven years before before the rights turn back around, unless uh, Marvel, you know, or Disney decides to make a deal, which they're probably not going to for the FF. Because you, you also see that's also probably why they we haven't seen much of the FF in the books or so much lately. Or at least, that's although the, I mean, I get well if part. if uh, Spider Man Homecoming does really well and really shows how profitable the partnership can be, 
between you know interconnecting these universes and these studios together, then Fox can be shown a, a financial reason for playing along um, if they go ahead and fund the Power Pack movie, but let it tie into the rest of the Marvel universe, uh, cinematic universe. Um, Here's the thing, though: Fox has seen many, many, many reasons as to why this could could be profitable before this. Well, but I mean, FF wasn't right, so they'd have well, yeah, to. But that's, that's they'd have to be willing to, you know, distance themselves from that. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I guess we'll see how Spider-Man: Homecoming does, and see if that opens up any opportunities. Yeah, at the very least, we know it's it's you know it's got a good following, and people are going to go out and see it. So hopefully, it does actually show itself up. <laughs> I um, hope this is. A, I was just going to say, I hope that was a better. Uh, like he wants to write it as opposed to an actress wanting to play a character. Like I hope someone on Twitter just wasn't like, Hey, do you like power pack? You want to write the movie? Oh, sure. And then it became a big, but anyway, all right, go ahead. You know, you're right about that. Cause you really don't see it. I don't think it actually says, uh, well, he was talking to Hollywood reporter about something, but it doesn't say what he was talking to them about. What's next? All right. All right. Chill out. (laughs) So next we have, um, in, Star Wars fans should go check this out if you haven't on this because this has kind of been making around on Twitter. Uh, Vanity Fair did a cover story on Star Wars The Last Jedi and uh, most notably in this article are a bunch of um, photographs taken by noted photographer Annie Leibovitz um, and there's a video that is attached to this that kind of goes along with, with that and including some shots. A couple of notable shots were this one. Obviously any of the shots that have Leia in them are going to be the ones that are going to most striking given the passing of um, Carrie Fisher. So, and of course there's also this one with Oscar Isaac and, um, and John Boyega because people ship them too. So that cover kind of meant something for them. And at the same time, because that's the next, um, the next story actually ties into this. We also get a little bit more on Laura Derns and Benicio del Toro's character. Which kind of looks like a gruffy collector in here, and yes, he just played the collector, so that's part, that's obviously where I'm getting that from. But yeah, we're getting that. So apparently, there's some eyes wide shut stuff that's going to go on in in the next um, in this cool. next one. Actually, I don't know that for sure. I'm, I'm just saying that because of because of the pictures. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the other striking picture would be this one for certain, and of course this one, mm. which I think is one of the last shots of. Um, Carrie Fisher and uh, Mark Hamill together. So it is sad. I've seen pictures. Uh, I've seen people tweeting and they're, they're choked up about it and or crying. So, but go check that out if you get a chance. Um, it's I, I'm pretty. It, it is definitely online, and I'm pretty sure that the book is already out in stores. Uh, next up, Justice League Dark movie loses director Doug Liman. I did not know they were still doing this. I know you hear rumblings about it every now and then, but sure, it's a thing. It's been. It had issues. Because- <laughs> Pretty much because I believe uh, Guillermo del Toro was attached to this and then he ended up leaving and then Doug Lyman took it and yeah, sure, it's a thing. But if, you, if you're if you waiting for that, there's a, an animated Justice League Dark uh, movie that may serve your purposes. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it was all right. Next up, Deadpool 2 may have cast villain Black Tom Cassidy, which only makes me think where the heck is a... Uh, is, uh, um, <laughs> I totally forgot his name. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Sean Ooh. Cassidy. Oh, Sean Cassidy. Yes. Mm. And I totally forgot his hero. Just that quick. That's amazing. Was Lee Banshee. Garrett going to make an appearance too? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Banshee. There we go. 
I'm like, are, is, is Banshee going to show up in Deadpool 2? Who knows? Will there be an airplane getting ran into by said character? Only time will tell. Oh, yeah, and they said something about Juggernaut, you know, being the partner of Black Tom. So I don't know what this movie's going to be. <laughs> Whatever. Um, actually, the first one was great, so I'm not even going to front. I, I will watch it. Maybe not in the theater. Uh, next up, Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame joins DuckTales reboot as Gizmo Duck. And uh, I will say that when we first started talking about this, I wasn't sure how to feel about a DuckTales, DuckTales show coming out. I warmed up to the art. And of course, every time you hear the DuckTales theme, you just kind of go right back Woo! to that spot. Exactly. So, hey, let it run. Yeah, we're, we'll be getting it soon-ish, actually. And the voice sound for it is pretty good uh, for, what, for what we now know of it. So, hey, more power to them. Uh, oh, there was another thing about that, actually, real quick. Uh, Black Girl Nerds, if you follow them, they have this series where they get people to do playlists for them. And right before this came out, Lin-Manuel um, Miranda did one for them, and he snuck in the DuckTales theme right before this news came up. So it was, so basically ended up being like a little Easter egg if, if, you know, for that. So that was kind of cool. Uh, next up, Melissa Benoist uh, teases Legion of Superhero story on Supergirl. Interesting. Yeah, that, that could be something. I need to catch up on that. I really do. That show was extra fun. Uh, first season, anyway. So we'll see where they go. There was a picture of her as much not being here with her with a lantern ring. So that's promising. Um, Netflix Warren Ellis Castlevania series gets debut trailer. So apparently, uh, if you've uh, been around the, the tweets the last day or so, you found out that there was a new Castlevania series that's going to be on Netflix. The trailer came out like yesterday, or actually, was it this morning or yesterday or last night? One or two, either way. And it's quite anime. If you know uh, Castlevania, it is a long running video game series starring the, the, the Baramount clan and some ilk. Uh, apparently, Warren Ellis has something to do with the adaptation of uh, the series. So, I guess even though this is already going to be a, probably a weird one, it's probably going to be a little bit weirder, thanks to Ellis. And, of course, like I said, the trailer's out there, so have at thee. I'll check it out. You know. Um, oh, actually, you should check it out because there's a pretty good NES um, callback in the trailer at the very least. That, that's, that ends up to be pretty cool. So, uh, next up, Rosario Dawson in talks to star in X-Men spinoff, New Mutants. Personally, you can never get enough Rosario Dawson, so I say the yay. But, um, and as you, as people well know, she is also playing Claire Temple um, on the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah, you can't do it. No, you can't do two characters in the same universe. Nope. So here's the funny part about that. Um, she will not be playing Claire Temple in this. She will be playing Dr. Cecilia Reyes. Um, who was a kind of a you know a sidekick in a later um, X Men series, I guess? Because I can't remember how long she's been around. So she's playing two doctors, and she's also playing kind of like she's the more Myra McTaggart, I guess. Oh no, she's actually playing wait, she's a medical doctor who has the ability to do generate a protective. I've never known that much about this character. I remember seeing her showing up for some for stuff, but I don't remember too much of what she actually did outside of her doctor skills. So okay. So yeah, the X Men thing is still a thing. New Mutants thing is still a thing, and more Rosario Dawson. Yay! Marvel's Avengers: Secret Wars coming to Disney XD this summer. So Marvel's Avengers is still going on. I have not watched the series since uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I'd say that's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. I did watch a couple of episodes. Actually, no, I think I finished like half of that first season. So that is actually a lie of this iteration of the Avengers. Um, sure, it's still going. Good. And now they're doing Secret Wars. 
um, I'm going to assume it is the um, the recent Secret Wars and not the original uh, Marvel superheroes Secret Wars one. I don't know. I would guess they're more likely to throw them on a alien planet and have them fight each other. Wait, actually, no. It actually says here. Oh no! Actually, they are using the original one series. Huh? That's crazy. Okay. I honestly thought they would have gone for this new one, so I'm sure. All right, let it run. Yes, what he said. Um, and the X-Men news that just, just came out, and we're wrapping up cinematic news. Uh, new Mutants has reportedly cast Sunspot, which uh, I don't know who this guy is, uh, Henry Zega. And I just saw, right when I saw this, apparently, like, uh, Joseph Village was saying something about... Um, this guy being lighter than dark than Sunspot actually is, but and I think, but he is Brazilian. I don't know. Sure, I'll let it roll. I don't. You know, I'm not. I wasn't too that new mutant show. I don't know what to say about it in the first place. So hey, good on them. Castings fun for everybody. Last but not least, in cinematic news, at least I think it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> the Jetsons movie Sausage Party director to de- develop animated film. So we're going to get a new Jetsons film. I would like to believe it is on the, the heels of that um, the DC tie-in book of recent. <laughs> but I, that's probably not because they would have had this already in the can by then. But then again, they do comics ahead of time. Also. So I don't know. Sure, we get a new Jetsons film. Somebody's looking out for that. I liked Jetsons when I was coming out. This is good. I am going to say again that I can't wait for this, this next batch of um, DC Looney Tunes uh, crossovers next month. And that is it for the cinematic news, and we uh, push on to the book news. Well, at the Hall of Justice. Do we need yeah, to do an ad read? No, nah, we do it after this. Okay, all right. I, mean, I could use a break, but that's fine. We can go power through this. because Get it finished up. Let's go. Yeah. Hell yes, Mace Windu is getting his own comic book. And um, I guess that shouldn't be a surprise, given... The number of Star Wars books. Everybody's getting their own book. Exactly. Which, if you're going to do one, I would say Mace Windu is, is right for one. You know, I'm still waiting for Nala and Lumpy to get their own comic oh, in the Chewbacca geez. homeworld. That's next year. Um, that might be a special, like a. I like mean, a hell, Chewbacca special. did get his, so they could very well do a follow up with that. So you, you put it out there. <laughs> and hey. If someone on Twitter asks me if I want to write it, I'll say yes. I'll, I'll write the file and it won't be special. <laughs> I was totally about to ask you that. Um, so, yeah, I don't. It, we don't have much more word on it, just that it's the thing. Oh, it will be written by Matt Owens with art by Dennis Cowan. So that'll Weird. be cool. Uh, and it's just like most of the other series, it'll be a five-parter set in the early days of the Clone Wars, Wars uh, as he leads a a group of uh, Jedi Knights. So that's actually, I sure. I've been kind of collecting most of those. Uh, actually, all of those um, Star Wars time books. So I'm I'm totally fine with this. Uh, Marvel reveals full generations creative team and covers. So I guess I should point out that we ha- uh, now have the August solicits have come out for. I think everybody at this point because last week we had gotten a bunch of ones, but Marvel and DC have put theirs out this week. So we have stuff coming out of that and probably some more stuff we'll be talking about next week coming off of that. So if you follow the solicits, go for it. But yeah, I'm not going to read off this whole list, but um, you can see right here on the screen and um, 
I don't know. I don't know if there's anything in here that I'm actually looking forward to, but the whole generations thing was sure. Oh, actually, I take that back because I just see what makes total sense: the Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel one, and actually the Hawkeye ones. Even though I wish Fraction was on it, but yeah. So moving right along, that is forthcoming. Celebrate DC. So we kind of talked about this a little earlier. Celebrate the Wonder Woman Day with DC Comics on June the third. Um, so they have declared June 3rd to be Wonder Woman Day, much like they have done with Batman in the past, which I still don't remember that day, and I keep thinking it comes up twice a year for some stupid reason. Um, so there is going to be free copies of two special edition Wonder Woman books given out on that day I'm, 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 at like Barnes and Nobles and places. I don't know if you guys are getting a dirt or something. Uh, not that I'm aware I of. About it. Yeah. Like I know my shop is doing some stuff for that day, including like... Um, raffles and something like that and i think i may go check it out but i don't know what else is going about on about this but cool beans you know and like i said wonder Woman movie comes out next week so show her some of the um new batman and justice league manga sets release date so yes there's batman and justice league manga no surprise there yeah it'll be coming out soonish so look out for that if you are a fan of manga <laughs> And Marvel. Actually, I, did, I totally forgot this. But um, so Matt Wang kind of mentioned something about this earlier. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. So and here we are. Marvel teases new Runaways comic series. Um, as uh... exactly, Runaways being a kind of an underground hit for a lot of people. You know, much like I guess Generation X for some folks, like Tim or whatever the case may be. I've said it before, I said it again, I haven't really, I don't remember reading too much. Yeah, about I it. never got into it. It was yeah. not not something that interested me. Yeah, but I will check it out knowing that this is coming. Cause, and some of the characters have shown up of recent, like Nico and, um, oh shoot, um, this dude, I can't remember his name. I am, I am terrible with names right now. What the hell is going on? Um, so yeah, look out for that. And does it say when it is coming? I don't believe it does. Later. Later. Hm, yes, we'll go with that. <laughs> new artist confirmed for supergirl this summer yay you wasn't crazy about the art i the the art was really bringing me down on that series it's it, it's just it's so stylized anime inspired ish um true big eyes funky angles i uh, just was not a fan but this artwork that they're showing off for the new series the new artist coming in that looks phenomenal Yes, it is pretty clean. But I mean, outside of the what looks to be a kryptonite bullet in the chest area, but you know, it's, it is what it is. So yes, uh, looks like starting Supergirl twelve. Um, this is when Robson Roca and Daniel Henriquez uh, joins the team, and it looks like it's going to be the start of a new arc. So there you go. Uh, Marvel's Lockjaw getting his own title in August. Again, we just said. Solicits are coming out, and yeah, exactly. Marvel's just throwing pretty much any character on the wall and seeing what's what sticks. We've said this about Lockjaw. I can't imagine what the hell. I mean, not Lockjaw, uh, Groot, even though Groot seems to work out because they the Chewbacca and many kind of worked out because you know, characters that don't actually talk, you know, how does that translate? And they found ways to do that. So, hell, the Black Pro series, I hear people are liking, but then again, he does talk, he just shatters buildings when he does it. Unless he's in that one room. Anyway, uh, it'll be a year one style origin series. You know. Oh, wait, no, that's another book. I'm sorry. So there's another <laughs> book. Called, um, I was about to say, that's weird. 
Why would you need a year one book with Lockjaw? And there has been books starring Lockjaw before, because I do recall there was a um, Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers book. Yeah, but that's a little different. True. I mean, true. But nevertheless, like I said, just the, the character has been front and center on a book or two before. So, And it even mentions those two miniseries here. So, sure, go for it. Um, Marvel's first legacy renumbered titled Revealed, which looks to be Ultimates 2, weirdly enough. Which is not a legacy title. I know. That's what was weird about this. Like, okay, it's yes, we had Ultimates back in the Ultimates universe, but this is completely way unrelated. Yeah. So I don't get that. Like, I, I understand, like, Venom Venom went to 150. I was going to bring uh, that up, week. yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, granted, that was not considered part of the legacy. That was something that was in the works a long time ago. But at least it was Venom. Like, Venom was Venom. You know, he may have had different hosts, but it was always the same symbiote. Whereas this is like, oh, you know, you had the uh, <laughs> Ultimate Universe, the Ultimate Marvel Comics. So that was the Ultimate's line. So it uh, continues that numbering. It's like, why would it, why would it do that? That was yes. not connected to this story at all. Exactly. So that was that was really strange, and that's going to and that number is going to throw people off. Um, and I'm kind of hoping if they're going to do this, they're going to stick with it. And I guess they said, and there's a typo in this article. So, man, <laughs> wait, is that one that uh, that's not one that Tim wrote, is it? No, no, this often it was wrong. Oh, so, too bad. <laughs> so, um, you know, would get something like that. But yeah, that that whole thing is like weird. And like you said, the Venom thing. I'm, I guess, sure. Um, oh, oh all right. that's my favorite story tonight. All right, wait a minute, what happened? Oh, weird, maybe they took it down. So, there was a story. <laughs> <laughs> what that story was was about there was a trailer for Lego, um, that Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 game that's coming out. So, okay, that was weird. Next up, check out this exclusive art for the new Spider Man novel. I, I don't know, but I feel like we've we talked about this a while ago, but I don't even remember that. And I remember Tim. Saying, asking why on rhetorically asking why did he not know about this before, and I'm saying like I don't know if I remember this or not. But hey, we're getting a prose novel from or Miles Morales, written by Jason Reynolds. As you hear, see here, and there is art. So I'm gonna check that out. Um, James Bond's Money Penny getting her own solo comic, and if you're watching the video, you can tell that it is the the recent version of Money Penny, uh, played by Naomi Harris, the lovely Naomi Harris. Um, it's going to be a one shot, and um, I'm not sure what. So, I, did you see Skyfire? Dirt? You mean Skyfall? Skyfall, yeah. Yes. Excuse me. Did she? Was she still out in the field? Because I remember at the end of the one before it, she was at the she, she was out in the field, but then was at the desk. I don't. I don't recall. I'd have to. I'd have to watch it again. Because I was kind of upset about it. I was like, wait, why did? Because in fact, I don't think we knew that she was Money Penny until that happened at the end of the spoiler alert for. Uh, Whatever movie that was, Quantum Solace or whatever it was. Um, and you hadn't seen it by now, you probably didn't care. So yeah, like I said, this is going to be a one shot based on her. I will say this: I'm curious about this. Uh, it is going to be written by Jody Hauser of Orphan Black and Rogue One, and um, actually a lot of uh, a couple of other books, including the ones I'm blanking on right now. I feel like we just talked about. Um, and the art will be by Jacob Edgar with a cover from Tulo Lote, who does some pretty nice art. Some pretty nice covers. Um, and it's coming out August 30th. And I'm going to say this. Um, if this intrigues you, I would say look for a series called Velvet by um, is it, uh, IDW, I believe it is. It's written by Ed Brubaker. It's basically what if 
Money Penny was like secretly the best agent in MI6, and people no one knew until some stuff went down. Um, it is a good series. It just wrapped up like well, image, like just, image uh, comics. It's an image. Okay, so it is, and it is uh, Ed Brubaker, and um, I can't remember who's doing the art, but it's, it's a team. Epstein. Thank you, um, Steve Epstein, and they do some great stuff together. So uh, that is a pretty good series. So check that out, and also check this out. Um, you know when this comes out on August thirtieth. Jeez, oh, nope. So okay, apparently it fails. So this that was actually about the fact that the uh, Lions Forge comic for Free Comic Book Day just came out to Comicsology, and that was the um, Catalyst Prime the event book. So that is now on for your digital perusal. I hadn't seen there was nothing else though. Uh, that was the only one that's come out because obviously they're trying to get you know some eyeballs on, on that series and that universe. And I would have to say that that book was actually a pretty good read. Did you? Did, 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 I, I didn't like it. Really. I didn't. I, I read that. That was one of those books that I read that, and I was like, I don't like any of these characters. Like, there's there's something annoying or off putting about every single person that they put the spotlight on. The only thing was that interesting twist that you get at the end, Again, where you find out the... that something is not right about uh, what you've oh, heard, no. you know, going on in this. But as far as like the day to day street level of the characters, every single one of those characters that they introduced, I was like, I don't like this person. I don't want to read any more about this person. And they went to the next person. I was like, I don't like this person. I don't want to read any more about this person. It just kept mm-hmm. going on and on. And I was like, I don't like any of these people. Only, only this person who turns out to be the main villain is, is the only one that seems the most interesting, but it's not worth, you know, buying a whole bunch of books just to see where this villain pops up from time to time, you know? Well, that guess that says something for you, but I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like if this book came out before Noble Number One, which I did actually enjoy reading, um, it would have made a little bit more sense. Not more sense because I mean, Noble was just pretty much they just started some action and then kind of got to a point. But you really didn't know who was who or what was what outside of what was being. So I mean, they gave kind of a little bit of backstory there was a little bit of cinematic storytelling kind of going on with that and then this book comes along and kind of adds to that and it jumped around to the different characters because obviously they want to say you know they want to yeah actually i've got show it. The, the universe in bloom got it right here there you go yeah so and yeah. like i said I, I i read through it and i just i don't like i don't like this person like this person i hope they actually die i don't like her at all uh go on to the next person i don't care um yeah just <laughs> interesting so but yeah, I am definitely going to, at the very least, kind of check it out to see if anything comes out of that. Especially, like you said, with the um, who main, ends up being the main villain at the end of that. Because right. like, huh, that was an interesting twist to all of this. So, you know, check out that, in, in that, that universe for a few issues to see what's up. You know? uh, next up, James Cameron's favorite manga is back in print after a decade. So, as you know, as you may or may not know, James Cameron's been trying to get a Battle Angel Alita movie off the ground for probably a decade. Probably, actually, literally a decade. I don't know. But he's been, and I think it's actually still been, there's been some headway on it. I don't know. Oh, no, wait, 17 years. Excuse me. Jeez. But the original manga that he's hopefully basing this off of, and hopefully he will do right by, is now out um, for digital perusal. If you have Comixology uh, Unlimited, they have it there so you can borrow it for free, but you can also pay for it um, on those sites. I have not read it. I only know it in hushed whispers, so I, I may check this out. But as you can see, some of the art is going on there. The dude looks like Egon, which, by the way, I forgot to, to read um, Ghostbusters 101 this week. Anyway, 
Marvel releases first story details of Generations One shots. Um, so there's more Generations. Wait, no, this has nothing to do with the other. Never mind. I think this is different. No, wait, no, this might be the same. I may have put this in here. Not intentional. Um, yes, it is because we talked about this already. Never mind. Um, a look inside the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles totally radical pizza cookbook. Guess what, y'all? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and now they have a cookbook. So go for that. I'm actually, as a lover of pizza and a decent liker of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> decent I'm actually, liker. <laughs> you know, the, the animated versions was. I, I don't remember reading the, the original, the original return. I remember seeing it in the shops when I used to go in there back in the day, but I never really read it. And I've read a couple of things for the recent style. I think I was trying to read City Fall when that happened, but I didn't get through it for whatever reason. So it is what it is. But pizza, I love the shit out of. So, hey, it's, it's a pizza cookbook, and I'm all for that. So in a nice bit of co-branding, why not have the turtles do it? Yeah, but it almost feels like it's 20 years too late. That is also true. I mean, granted, there is the, the, the series that apparently is pretty good on uh, Nickelodeon at this point, but I, I agree with you that. I'm like, hmm. It's almost as if like maybe they already had a cookbook out like twenty years ago, but it didn't really get anything, so they're putting it back yeah, out. Kind of especially because the all the artwork is from that old animated series. Mm-hmm. So you kind of wonder, but it's available now if you want to go check that out. So <laughs> weird. Um, Injustice Two, Static claims that's close to joining the battle, and to that I say, you know, you have a DLC structure going on, folks. <laughs> um, so yeah, this article is about the. Hey, they had a, a mock-up, and I think they even had his power set and everything, but they just didn't put him in the game proper, which I will also go in and say, and he's also been established in this world, in this universe, and is apparently in the mobile game. I've played a little bit of the mobile game, but I haven't really gotten that far into it to see that. So why they didn't do that? And again, there are some DLC characters they haven't... Um, they haven't uh, said anything about it yet, so maybe he'll show up, but it doesn't sound like they've just put this article out here. It's like, no, nah, he's never going to come. So, yeah, you could have had him, but you don't, which is weird. Got to have clicks. I, well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Unused. And all right. And I was like, damn, that's fucked up. Um, and what makes it even worse is because Black Adam is in the game and has lightning powers. So, I, okay, whatever. And hell, this is from- Whoa, what was that? I don't know when. Um, and of course, we have like this is the company that makes uh Mortal Kombat, so they have Raiden, they can do the character. So, so what? And I did, and it sounded like they did it. Why they did it? Maybe they just felt like it wasn't like it wasn't different enough from Black Adam's powers or Raiden's powers. Maybe they're waiting at but some they point. They have Captain well, but- Cold and Sub Zero, in- right? But maybe they're waiting for some point down the line. They'll release a pack as the DLC, where it's just okay. Throw the skin on them, and it's the same character. You know I what I mean? Would for, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. They could do it, but it doesn't. Like, like he'll, like he'll come out. But he'll come out like, in a month for ninety nine cents or dollar ninety nine or whatever it is. Doesn't sound like if I read this article right. Doesn't sound like they. Um, doesn't sound like they don't. They don't have plans for that. Yeah, but you know those writers at CBR. I mean, can you trust mm-hmm. them? To I mean, true. I mean, they could put them on the deals. The smart. They probably should if they're if they're going to go this far and they already had them. Like that's just money for them because somebody will play them. Anyway, that's. A weird omission, but at the same time, sure. Next up, uh, and as we're wrapping this up, Mary Jane Watson takes center stage in spectacular June variants. I feel like we've talked about this before, but now they have pictures. Now you but see now they absolutely have pictures, and here we are. I don't like the champions, but that's actually pretty cool. Uh, so yes, yeah, she will be doing a bunch of various 
covers for various books. Actually, that cat one's actually not, not bad either. Uh, and as you can see them on the screen, some of them are iconic looking, like this Punisher one. Punisher, yep. Yep. So, yeah, check you out, Mary Jane. Um, last. <laughs> the crown um, jewel of yes, the Hasbro universe? The crown jewel of the Hasbro universe. Uh, new 11th. <laughs> A uh, new 11-cover peak at IDW's Summer Hasbro Crossover Event Summer uh, First Strike, which just reminds me of a Street Fighter game, um, even though that was Third Strike. Um, Mobile Strike. I know, right? Those commercials, oh my god. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's a, there's a crossover event from IDW and their Hasbro thing. And granted, I mean, sure, Revolution kind of came and went with a whiff. This now that the universe established and everybody's playing with each other. Um, hey, we've got a summer crossover event and they got something for it and it's going to happen. So, and um, with that, because I'm not even going to go through all of that, I actually I am uh, going to attempt to read uh, Revolution again <laughs> at some point. And, and kind well, of you have fun with that. Yeah, you know, it'll be for something sometime later. But I'm just kind of curious because, like I said, I didn't read that. I didn't read Revolutionaries, but I am reading G.I. Joe and Mask. Those books are all right. So a little crazy. Anyway, that concludes the news section. And we are coming to the end of the show. And at this point, we will come off with an ad read. So dirty. Yes, indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. And if you... If you shop at Amazon often, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN each time you order. We thank you for your support. Indeed we do. And with that, we come to a close of this other fine episode of this here Comic Book Chronicles. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out and being with us, whether you are live or coming at this in the audio uh, whenever that comes out on the well, excuse me, that tomorrow morning when that comes out on the CSPN.us or Monday on BeClickNation.com um, or wherever fine podcasts are served, which I don't think we're on Spotify, I'm not sure, but pretty much everywhere else you can find us out there on your podcasting of choice. And with that, for the not here Tim Dog 98, you can find him at Tim Dog 98 on Twitter. And Instagram and all the places, the Nerdist, the Click Nation um, on Twitter, CB Cron, he runs the site. Yeah, really killing me with this backwards thing. But anyway, um, and writing for pretty much everybody under the sun. So uh, go check him out at all. So give him some clicks, folks, especially like CBR and all this stuff. Give him some clicks. Man's rights come to And also tonight. Oh, wait, do you have, or you just have that up? I just have this up. Just hey, everybody, go to comicofthemonth.club. Use the referral code Dirt. You're awesome. Thanks for watching. I have a box, but I think I'm going to. I know it's getting late, and y'all probably got to go, so I'm going to not do that. Um, and I'll do it some other time. So, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Um, Pop Culture Net on Twitter also. Graham Comic Reviews on Instagram. 
Pop Culture Network is his site. Go, go over there, click on his stuff. Uh, you got anything on there you want to talk about? Uh, just a reminder that we do have Formers Friday coming up tomorrow. Your look at another Transformers toy. Every Sunday is the Fans of Power podcast, looking at Masters of the Universe. And every Monday is the Masters of the Galaxy podcast, also looking at Masters of the Universe. It's two podcasts to cover everything masterful in our universe. Because there is there's just not one one podcast just can't do everything. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh man, that's hilarious. Um, do you know what's what's going to be featured on Formers Friday or uh I would if I had looked at it before the show started. I, I am actually not doing the show this week. The show this week is done by uh John Proft, aka the Geek. Um so it's something from his personal collection. I so I haven't watched it yet. I got you. Cool. Well, you know, go over there and go check that out. And for the Black Bolt um, inspiring Agent underscore 70, you can find him at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and the Instagrams. Uh, one of these days, we will get him a site. But for now, go ahead and check him out on those services and um, wish him well in his um, his Nick Freedom. Yes. And um, again, oh, and thanks to Matt Wayne 97 and Jim uh, Paul Ace Peter for, for coming and checking us out. They're always good folk. Oh, and, and thank you to Matthew Rosenberg, who, oh, yes. thank uh, you who's been Matthew. talking with us on Twitter throughout the show tonight. He's, oh, really? uh, he's okay. offering me a, a, a whole uh, Abraham Lincoln penny uh, to bribe me into reading Secret Warriors. So I might have to check out. Okay, I will have to look at those tweets. That's funny. Um... <laughs> And with that, for me, Roddy Cat on Twitter, I think I said all my stuff. But no, I didn't. Uh, Roddy Cat on Twitter, um, in all of the places, social media, mostly. Um, News Nerds Need on Twitter. News Nerds Need um, on... Well, no, I don't have that set up yet, sorry. Uh, CBCaps on Instagram and cbcaps.tumblr.com for the Tumblr Buffaloes or where I post panels of uh, comic stuff. And actually, I need to get you guys set up on the Tumblr if y'all want to do that, but we'll talk about it after the show or some at some later date. But with that, enough of my rambling. That is it for this edition of Comic Chronicles. Everyone have a good night. Good evening,